You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. And I know this weekend God has something very special in mind for you. Amen. And the most beautiful thing about family drama is that God created families. Amen. God loves family and God's heart beats for families. Can I say that? I cannot say that God sees every family. Every family represented in this house. There are so many different family structures here today. There are traditional families, single moms, single dads, co-parenting families, blended families, grandparent families, and extended families. Amen? All in one building this morning and with one heartbeat where God says, I love you. None of us could choose our family. We didn't sit in heaven across a boardroom and decide which family we were going to be born into. Amen. But the most beautiful thing is that we did not choose our families. And despite what we post on Facebook and on Instagram, we can safely say that there are no perfect families. So there's a picture up on the screen that is pretty much the picture that gets posted on Instagram and Facebook over the season. Perfect families, some with matching jerseys and some with even a Labrador in the picture. Amen? But when different personalities come together, the dynamics of family become so interesting over this holiday. Tensions arise and family drama is not uncommon. Amen? <laughs> Who loves to jump on their phones when there's some family drama? Amen. But however, family was God's idea. Can I say that this morning? Family was God's idea. And he wants us to have strong, loving families. Amen. So I'm going to start in Genesis 1. Can I start in Genesis 1? And here's where the concept of family began. And it says in Genesis 1 verse 26 to 28, Then God said, let us, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and over the wild animals and over all the creatures that move on the ground. So God created mankind in his own image and in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Let us God started his message with, let us make family. Let us, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three, yet one, in harmony with each other. Let us make family. Who is us? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Can you see that the concept of family was already there? Three, but yet one. Three united in harmony, creating mankind to be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Amen. So Adam is on earth and he's alone and he doesn't find himself a suitable partner. So God takes a rib from his side and creates Eve. And that was in Genesis 2 verse 22. And then after this, the enemy shows up. The enemy did not show up until Eve had shown up. Can you see that, church? The enemy shows up because now, among many things, the potential to reflect the image of God in a family unit, in harmony, exists here on earth. Can you see that? 
Adam was alone walking in the garden. He was totally okay. Eve comes and suddenly there's an enemy on the scene. There's the potential for harmony. There's a potential for unity. There's a potential to show grace and mercy. Today, as you're ready to grow in your ability to show the image of God in different ways, the enemy is aware of you. Do you know that? Today, he's aware of you. And he wants you to know that he does not like it when you are in unity. When you say, this year, I'm going to honor God in church. I'm going to take my family and we are going to be in church every Sunday. What happens? The enemy comes and suddenly you get your dream job on a Sunday. Amen. When you say, I'm going to trust God in my giving, what happens? Expenses increase, inflation comes and you get a salary cut. Who's, who can scream hallelujah in the building this morning? You see, the devil saw that Adam and Eve had the potential to bring the image of God in the form of family on this earth. And he set out to stop this from happening. He's been doing the same ever since. Isn't it the enemy's goal to break up families? To turn mother against father, to turn father against child, mother against child, to turn families against each other. So Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit and the disintegration of family began. Suddenly, guilt and shame made an appearance. Before then, guilt and shame was never even in existence. Suddenly, Adam blames Eve, Eve blames the snake. And guilt and shame sets in. They send from the garden and they have children. And the first murder takes place when their son Cain kills Abel in anger. The disintegration of the family had began. Are you with me this morning, church? What was happening to the family unit? God had a plan. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Adam and Eve, yeah, be together. Be fruitful and multiply. Demonstrate the harmony that I have as Father, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in one. But then the disintegration of family continues. Can we carry on? Is, is, this, is this something that you want to know about? Abraham has a lying problem. And twice in the book of Genesis, he lies to save himself. <laughs> when he lies to King Pharaoh and he lies to King Abimelech, saying Sarah is his sister. Let's look at the disintegration of family church. Then Sarai sends Haggai to Abraham to have a child when God's time isn't quite her time. Can I continue? Because I've been looking at families all week. Noah gets drunk and commits incest in his family. Jacob and Esau start fighting before they're even born. In the womb, they start fighting. And later, Jacob steals Esau's birthright because of bread and a lentil soup. <laughs> How hungry must you be to sell your birthright for a lentil soup? Amen. And then guess what I found in the Bible, church? Mother-in-law drama starts in Genesis 27. Did you know this was in the Bible? Mother-in-law drama starts in Genesis 27. When Esau marries Judith, the daughter of Barry, the Hittite, the Bible says that they were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebekah. 
So much so that Rebecca said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of these Hittite women like one of the women of this land, what good will my life be? Does this sound familiar? Can you see that nothing has changed? Amen. Rachel and Leah, two sisters becoming jealous of each other, speaking behind each other's backs and having issues with each other. Can I continue? I'm only in Genesis. Hallelujah. <laughs> Can we give God a hand? There's hope for us. Amen. <laughs> Moses' sister Miriam has a lot to say about who he's marrying. Somewhere, somewhere, somebody's going to associate with something here this morning. Amen. King David commits adultery, has Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, put in the front lines in battle to be killed to cover up his adultery. Can you imagine? And out of this, David's two sons start the first civil war that was ever recorded. I searched for a perfect family in the Bible to use this morning as a demonstration, but I couldn't find one because there wasn't one. And this gives us all hope. Amen. <laughs> this gives us all hope because God's heart for family is clearly seen in the very last verse of the Old Testament. Can we look at that? In Malachi 4 verse 6, he says, that he will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. God ends the Old Testament with this verse. He says, I will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. Isn't that beautiful? The very last verse of the Old Testament, God addresses family. And then there's 400 years of silence. Where God does not speak to his prophets, it's just silent. Amen. And then suddenly, in the book of Matthew, God addresses family again. Can we see what happens in the book of Matthew? The book of Matthew was written around 50 AD. And Matthew is a disciple of Jesus, and his name actually means the gift of Yahweh. The gift of Yahweh is coming to tell you what is family. He's writing to a Jewish audience and he's trying to convince them that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Matthew quotes more than a hundred verses from the Old Testament. Do you know that? More than a hundred verses from the Old Testament. And he speaks about the kingdom of God 32 times out of the 34 times in the Bible. This is the gift of Yahweh speaking. But why would you begin the New Testament with a list of more than 40 names? Who does their Bible reading plan and skips Matthew 1? Let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> when you get to Matthew 1 and you read this one, we got that one, we got that one, we got that one. You skim past it so fast that you can get to the other stuff. But God had a reason for putting Matthew 1 in the Bible. Amen. If you wanted to be anything in those days, it would be your genealogy. Amen. Especially if you were speaking to a Jewish audience. Are you still with me, church? Your genealogy was proof that of who you were and where you came from. For today, it would have been like we have a CV. Amen. So the genealogy of Jesus was very, very important. 
And in Matthew 1 verse 1 to 16, it's the family tree of Jesus. Can I read it? And if I don't pronounce anything correctly, please forgive me. Amen. The family tree of Jesus Christ, David's son, Abraham's son. Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. Jacob had Judah and his brother. Judah had Perez and Zerah. Perez had Hezron. Hezron had Aram. Aram had Aminadab. Aminadab had Nashan. Nashan had Salmon. Salmon had Boaz, the mother of Rahab. Boaz had Obed. Ruth was the mother. Obed had Jesse. Jesse had David, and David became king. David had Solomon. Uriah's wife was the mother. Solomon had Jeroboam. Jeroboam had Abijah. Abijah had Asa. Asa had Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat had Jeroam. Jeroam had Uzziah. Uzziah had Jotham. Jotham had Azar. Asa had Hezekiah. Hezekiah had Manasseh. Manasseh had Ammon. Ammon had Josiah. Josiah had Jerichoam, his brother. And then the people were taken into the Babylonian exile. When the Babylonian exile ended, Jeconium had Shetlil, Shetlil had Jerobabel, Jerobabel had Abud, <laughs> Abud had Elikim, <laughs> Elkim had Azel, Azel had Zadok, Zadok had Akim, Akim had Eliad, Eliad had Eleazar, Eleazar had Matan, Matan had Jacob, Jacob had Joseph, Mary's husband, and Mary who gave birth to Jesus, the Jesus who was called the Christ. <laughs> Matthew wanted to show that Jesus was the rightful one who could sit on the throne of the king. But according to the norm, there is a problem with this list. Five women are named in this list. Women were never listed in a genealogy during this time. In this culture that existed, they did not value and respect women. But God says women are necessary and should be included in my list. Can you see our Jesus already in just reading all those names? Five women are recorded in this lineage. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary. Can we look at those five women? Tamar, Rahab, Bathsheba, Ruth, and Mary. Tamar was a deceiver and a liar. In Genesis 38, she pretended to be the lady of the evening at the gate. Okay, Rahab was a Gentile prostitute. In Joshua 2, she was the one that hid the spies in her house. Ruth was a Moab and a Gentile. She was an outsider who could never have been recorded in the lineage of Jesus. Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, who was married to David, the man after God's own heart, sent Uriah, her first husband, to the battlefield to die to cover up their affair. And Mary was the teenage pregnant girl that everybody laughed at. Five women were in the lineage of Jesus. Five is the number of grace. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. 
What is God trying to tell us about family? He tells us that his love for families is so great that even the most dysfunctional family can be a source of glory for him. Amen? Even the most dysfunctional family can be a source of glory for him. And even the most disastrous circumstances can be turned around into opportunities. This is the God we serve. There are all kinds of trauma and issues in Jesus' lineage. I just used the five women. Do you have issues in your lineage, in your family tree? Guess what? God can still use you. Guess what? God can still use you. Your family situation cannot be so bad that the grace of God cannot reach you. This gives us all hope. God had created another family besides our physical family. God created the beautiful body of the church. Another family. If you do not have a family, you have another family in the church. The gift of the church is a gift of another family. Amen? Yeah, we gain brothers and sisters and become a community. You would maybe have never sat next to your brother or your sister here this morning if it wasn't for Household of Christ, amen? You would maybe have never met your best friend if it wasn't for Household of Christ. You would have maybe not have met your, mess, your, your next brother, your next sister, if it had not been for the beauty of the church. Isn't that beautiful? Psalm 68 verse 6 says that God sets the lonely in families. Are you lonely this morning? There's a family for you, amen. The Passion Translation says, To the fatherless, he's a father. To the widow, he's a champion friend. The lonely, he makes part of a family. The prisoner, he leads into prosperity until they sing for joy. We have a family, church. It's, if going to church doesn't run in your family, this morning you can say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. You can go to your kids in the morning and say, get up, kids. You don't have an option. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Amen. You can go to your teenagers and say, teenagers, I love you. But you need to get to church, not just to learn about who God is, but to learn about what God says about you. And in church, you will discover that God loves you and he accepts you and, he, and he's there for you and he will never let you go. You will, you will hear in church that it doesn't matter what you do, you can run to him. He isn't far from you. Amen. Church is a place to not just hear about who God is, but to hear God's heart for you. To hear God's opinion about you. If God decided to make a lineage with so much trauma, so many dysfunctional families, and still say, this is my family tree, and I love them, and I've come to die for them, guess what He will do for you? Your family tree does not influence God. What you have done does not influence God. You are not what you have done. It's just something you did. Amen? Do you know what I'm saying to you this morning, church? We did not pick our families. 
And we do not come out of perfect families. But verse 16 of that genealogy of Jesus changed everything. It says, and Mary gave birth to Jesus. And Jesus was called the Christ. When Jesus entered our family tree, everything changed. Amen? Everything changed. When the name of Jesus came into your family, the cure for all your pain and all your trauma came into your family. Amen? That last line of that genealogy made everything possible. It doesn't matter what happened in your family because Jesus came into your family. It can stop with Him. Addiction can run in your family, but it can stop with Jesus. Alcoholism can run in your family, but it can stop with Jesus. Cheating can run in your family. It can stop with Jesus. Depression might run in your family, but it can stop with Jesus. Abuse can run in your family, but it can stop with Jesus. Amen. Poverty can run in your family, but it stops with Jesus. Amen. Racism might run in your family, but it stops with Jesus. Amen. Unforgiveness and resentment might be the name of your family, but it stops with Jesus. Deception might run in your family, but it stops with Jesus. Can I say suicide might run in your family, but I'm telling you, church, it stops with Jesus. Amen. Separation might run in your family. Guess what? It stops with Jesus. Fear and anxiety might run in your family. Guess what? That stops with Jesus. Amen. Jesus is in your family tree. Amen. Amen. Jesus did not choose a perfect family tree, but one that demonstrated the brokenness of humanity. That gives us all hope because it shows us that we do not have to be perfect to be a part of God's family. Jesus came to save the world. Amen. Some might need to respond to this message this morning by forgiving. Maybe your response to this message might be to let go of your bitterness and your grudge. Maybe the resentment you hold is maybe just a little too heavy this morning. Maybe your response should be to forgive your own imperfections. How many of us are so hard on ourselves because we want to be perfect, but there's only one that's perfect. That's Jesus Christ. And He knows your imperfection. He knows that we need a Savior. He knows that He had to come into our family tree to change our future. Maybe your response would be to take the lead this next year and make sure that your family's in church. Amen? To get to know another family. Amen? The enemy has tried to destroy the family from the book of Genesis. 
maybe the greatest Christmas gift you can give someone this season is to go and reconcile with family. Maybe just a phone call. Maybe just a coffee. <laughs> Amen? Just something to say that in this time where we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, I'm actually going to honor Jesus. You know, this world says Christmas is about Christmas trees, about decorations, about eating, about gifts, about getting to the mall, about Christmas dinner, about all these things. And you know what? And I spoke to the band on Thursday and I said, it's the, the day that we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate the birthday of Jesus. We know it's not his real birthday, but it's the day that us as humanity take time to celebrate him. But we do not even honor the guest of honor. We eat his food. We speak about him. We enjoy the day off. We enjoy the holiday. We enjoy everything, but we do not take the time to honor him. Amen. And how do we honor Jesus? We honor Jesus by giving him the only gift that we can give him. Because in a church service, the prayer comes from him. This message comes from him. The music comes from him. Everything, the fellowship we have comes from him. What is the one gift you can give Jesus over Christmas, church? Your worship yourself. It's the one gift that you can give him that he so much wants with all his heart. Amen. Instead of worrying what's under the Christmas tree this year, why don't we be grateful who's around it? Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Why don't we be grateful for the people in our lives and just take a moment to stop and realize that all these festivities are not about us. It's about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Christmas, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, meant giving us as a family another chance. Because our families needed Jesus to step into our family tree really fast. Young people, this Christmas, can we maybe have a little bit of grace towards our parents? One day you're going to have children, and my goodness, you'll realize it's not as easy as it looks. Amen. Maybe just reach out to your mom, reach out to your dad. Parents, reach out to children. That scripture said parents, knitting the hearts of the parents to the children and the children to the parents. Parents, reach out to your children. Children, reach out to your parents. And let's do something different this Christmas. Because Christmas meant that family could have Jesus Christ in the center. And it doesn't matter if we have differences. It doesn't matter if we come from different backgrounds. It doesn't matter if we don't even agree about everything. It matters that we are celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So in conclusion, God loves family. Because family was his idea. And he is interested in your family. Amen. John 13 verse 34 to 35 says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also have to love one another. Jesus loved us in our imperfection. Jesus loves us every day in our imperfection. 
can we try and demonstrate that love over Christmas to those around us and love them besides their imperfections? God uses imperfect people to accomplish his perfect plan. God uses imperfect people. That makes it possible for you and I to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to come into his presence. Because if perfection was the thing that I needed, I'm disqualified. Amen. Matthew 1 verse 16 gave the solution and the conclusion to all our family trees. It said, and Mary gave birth to Jesus. And Jesus was called Christ. Jesus was called Christ. Let us live in a way to honor the legacy of our heavenly family tree. Amen. Can I say that again? Can we live in a way to honor the legacy of our heavenly family tree? God has made all things new. Let's stop and honor him in Christmas time. Is that okay? Can we stand together and just do a declaration this morning? I'm just going to I'm going to say 1 2 3 and we say the declaration together. We're not going to do prayer points this morning. We're doing the declaration. Amen. And this declaration is every single sentence that comes out this declaration comes out of the Bible. Every single sentence comes out of the Bible. And it's what Jesus Christ thinks of you. Amen. Can we say it this morning together? 1 2 3 I'm a child of God. I have peace with God. The Holy Spirit lives in me. I have access to God's wisdom. I'm helped by God. I'm reconciled to God. I'm not condemned by God. I'm justified by God. I have Christ's righteousness. I am Christ's ambassador. I am completely forgiven and I'm completely free. There is therefore no condemnation for me because I am in Christ Jesus. I am blameless and beyond reproach. I'm the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I'm Christ's friend. I'm chosen by Christ to bear fruit. I'm a joint heir with Christ, sharing in his inheritance. I'm unified with the Lord. I'm a member of Christ's body. I'm hidden in Christ with God. I'm a child of light. I'm holy and share in God's heavenly calling. I'm a member of a chosen race. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm God's possession created to sing the praises of God. I've been born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. I've been rescued by God. I've been made complete in Christ. I do not have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I've been given access to great and precious privileges 
privileges and promises by God. My needs are met by God. I have been bought with a price and have been adopted into the family of God. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I'm a citizen of heaven. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I'm confident in this, that the good work that He started in me, He will bring to completion. I am God's workmanship. I'm seated in Christ in heavenly places. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.